Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Post-Comic-Con regular edition of Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. Is this the post-Comic-Con depression stage of Star Wars Action News? The withdrawals, yes. I, I guess it is. However, I, I have to say it is extraordinary to not be carrying a 40-pound backpack. Yeah, around the house, I don't let me make you carry a 30-pound Exactly. I, I don't have to carry the giant backpack and my laptop and my iPad and a camera. I don't feel naked without it. And when we were at Disneyland after Comic-Con, I got really nervous because I didn't have my badge and I wondered how I was going to get back into the restaurant. <laughs> I know. Isn't that stupid? I had that happen a couple of times where I'd be like, I need my lanyard. Oh, wait. No, I don't. You also try to use your work badge to get into Starbucks, though, sometimes. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Well, we didn't talk about this last week. We went to Disneyland after Comic-Con. On the Sunday of Comic-Con, there's really nothing to do Sunday at Comic-Con. No, there's not. Justin was still there, and he went to a couple booths, and a lot of the people had packed up and left Sunday morning or Saturday night. It's a lot of kids programming. I know that Bonnie usually has her Star Wars crafts thing that day, but that's really more kid, mommy and me kind of stuff than it is hardcore fan stuff. The stores are usually all sold out. I personally believe Comic-Con should only sell next year's badges on the Sunday of the con. Because, That's how you get people to go. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to go to Comic-Con on Sunday, and I really feel bad because I know so many people who spent entire days at the con just trying to get into the con again next year so they can spend a quarter or a third of their time waiting to get in the year after that. But they're not going to do it that way in 2012. They're not. Good. No, they are not going to. There's people who waited till noon and one o'clock to get their ticket order processed. There are people who waited much longer than that. Yeah. And but, I felt bad for them. I really really did, because it seems like that's a poor use of Comic-Con time, says the man who waited in line at Hasbro for five hours. But what are they doing next year? I don't know, but I saw on Twitter that they were not going to do the same system as they did for 2011 because of that very reason. Yeah, it seems very recursive to... I go to Comic-Con. Why? So I can go to Comic-Con next year. Yeah. But I think Sunday would be a perfect day to do that. If you're going to wait in line all day at Comic-Con, do it on Sunday because there's really yeah, nothing else to do. But the way they were working it, though, is you either had to have a four-day badge or a day-specific badge in order mm -hmm. to get in line that day and be able to buy badges. That's true also. Well, we decided to forego it. We usually skip Sunday at Comic-Con because... I think we went nothing. once. Yeah, and there was nothing there. 
And we stayed two hours, and we're like, yeah, this blows. Let's go. So this year we went to Disneyland, thanks to Jedi Larry B., who was our concierge at Disney. He is a Disney expert. That man knows the in and outs of Disney. He knows all the secrets. He knows a lot about the hidden Mickeys. If you're into Disney, you know that. It was a great time. We went with him and his lovely wife, Evelyn, and very lovely people, and had a great time. And, of course, the reason we went, Star Tours. We had to see the new Star Tours. We talked about going to Orlando, but we'd never been to Disneyland. Yes. We'd been to Disney World several times, so we decided to hold off and make it part of our Comic-Con experience. And the new Star Tours, I want to kind of review it a little bit. I'm really glad they updated it. It does seem like it's this century. Yes. And the 3D is absolutely astounding. It is so much better even than Avatar. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's more gimmicky than Avatar. Yeah. And Avatar is kind of my high water mark for 3D. We also went back and saw Captain EO. And that 3D didn't <laughs> age as well. So to see what the pinnacle of 3D was in the 80s and then go see Star Tours, which I think is the pinnacle of this year at least. It's going in leaps and bounds. But to compare the two, because I remember as a kid just reaching out my hand for that winged furry little thing in Captain EO. And now to have some of the 3D effects that Star Tours had was very cool. What was shocking to me just right off the bat was how little was actually redesigned. Because mm-hmm. I thought that they were going to tear it down and build a new entire thing. And it would be Star Tours 2.0, modernized, what? And updated. it was closed for almost a, what, six to eight months. Yeah. But they left the structures in intact. The queuing area and everything is mostly the same. They updated it. They added some plasma TVs and some huge giant screens and some little more entertaining things as you wait in line. But the whole way you walk in, 3PO sitting there, the Mon Cal's up in the little command center. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Even if you've been there the old time, all of that's pretty much the same. And I, I felt kind of bad because Captain Rex is there and he's like in a storage box, unable to speak. It's like Captain Rex is all broken down. Felt a little bad, but I was shocked that all of that was pretty much the same. And I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It is cool that they have a huge screen there as you wait and wait and wait. And wait some more. Because the Fast Pass tickets are gone by 11 a.m. And those are the Fast Passes for like the 11 p.m. rides. Yes. By noon, you can't get a Fast Pass. We waited when we first got there for about 70 minutes to ride it the first time. And then we did some Fast Passes. By the end of the day, it was a two-hour wait to mm-hmm. get into Star Tours. We rode it three times, got to see all the worlds but Hoth. Yes, that's the only one we didn't see. But that's okay, because one time you got to be the Rebel Spy. Yes, I was actually during the ride, spoiler alert, they choose one person from the crowd to put their photo up on the giant screen and say, this is a Rebel Spy we're looking for. And of course it was me looking a little bit like a mugshot. Yeah, it was perfect, because you had this surly look on your face. I don't know what was wrong with you, but perfect <laughs> mugshot. Now, I expected the ride itself to kind of be more updated because we'd gone to Universal Studios before we went to Disney. And at Universal Studios, they had a very similar ride to Star Tours, the Back to the Future ride. I think it's closed now, but... It was awesome! It was like a roller coaster of a VR machine because it would whip you around and go left and go right, and man, this thing would really jack you up. And it had the screen and, you know, you're in the DeLorean being chased by Biff. And what made the Back to the Future ride unique was you're in the DeLorean, however, it rises and moves forward, so you're completely surrounded by the screen. Yeah. It was a total immersion experience.
experience. I don't remember that so much, but I do remember scared to death I was going to fall out of the DeLorean. I know. So I kind of thought that when they were updating Star Tours, they might update those gyros because after that, we went to the Star Tours ride and Star Tours, of course, was at least a decade older than Back to the Future. And we rode it and it was kind of like the merry-go-round <laughs> compared to the roller coaster. It was like, yeah, I'm kind of tilting to the left now. Oh, I'm, I'm a little bit to the right. Ooh, yay. Back and forth, back and forth. I, I think the seatbelts overkill on the bit. Star Tours ride. So I expected the new improved Star Tours, you know, because you want to up the stakes to be wilder, to be a bit more crazy and a bit more frantic because you've got 20 new years of technology that would allow you to do these wild rides more safely. No, no, it's about the same. It's exactly the same. The Star Tours vehicle shuttle transports the same. Yeah, it's not any more exciting a ride. It's just really new video. Yeah. And that's where the big thing lies. It's 3D video now. You get the polarizing glasses and there's no Star Wars logos on them, so you're not tempted to steal them. Mm-mm. Yeah, if they had Star Tours logos on them, that would, they'd probably have a hard time keeping those in stock. They'd have to also have, like, sensors to yeah. go out of the security doors. Ink tags, you know, the whole lot. But the videos are astounding and there's so many different combinations and the 3D works very well for it. It's all CG and while you can kind of tell at some points, at points it looks photorealistic. Mm-hmm. And I complained to Larry, the timeline's thrown way out the window because, I mean, everything's happening. I was like, well, how can we be here if this is taking place during this period of time? Arnie, you're supposed to just sit back and enjoy it. Literally sit back and enjoy the ride? Yes. Yeah, I, I realize that, but my statement to Larry was, yeah, but all of a sudden George Lucas is going to say, and this is canon like the Clone Wars, and all of a sudden everything goes to heck. So it's a fun ride, though. But, you know, we also rode while we were there waiting for our Star Tours passes to enable. We rode the Toy Story ride, the Buzz Lightyear thing, and that is pretty recent. And we at Universal rode the Men in Black ride, which is the exact same thing, which is basically laser tag on a spinning, rotating little car. Yes. However, when we rode the Men in Black ride, we happened to ride with some superstar six-gun shooter little kid who kept our little bucket spinning and you almost threw up. This is what I'm saying. Saying is, I think Disney is like Universal, but tamer. Yeah, it's because like they the, take the rides and then they make them for everybody instead of the thrill seekers. Yeah, and I'm a bit of a thrill seeker. I mean, I went on the Tower of Terror when we were. You didn't like a, it, but I went. It was. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You didn't saying. like it. But this is what I'm saying as I went. I found these rides to be very kidified. Again, I go back to the merry-go-round thing. You could put a four-year-old on them and they'd be just fine. Whereas I prefer something that's a little bit more herky-jerky. You must be this tall to ride this ride because otherwise you're going to get whipped out and killed. And I understand that with Star Tours, you probably want to be able to have every size on there, no matter how short. And so that way kids can ride the ride. But as an adult, it was a bit tame, but the videos were very cool. That said, I'm looking forward to going back and finishing my Star Tours collection by seeing Hoth. But we'll go to Disney World, so then we can go to Universal after, because it's closer. And that's better. Oh, rides. that's what we can do next year for celebration. Maybe, maybe, yeah, absolutely. We could have a Swan Day at Disney World. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are going to Disneyland, though, highly recommend riding the Indiana Jones ride because you know it's kind of the same flavor. That there. was a. Oh my gosh. That was a. I think that was the best ride we rode. It was very thrilling. It was very exciting. It's the level of thrill. 
I wanted in Star Tours, although this was actually a moving car. It was more like a roller coaster. It, it, it was a baby roller coaster. I mean, there, yeah. there was no no bar to keep me from flying out with just a seat belt. It, it wasn't very dangerous. It was like riding with my dad when he's angry. It's, you're riding in a car, and it's breaking down and swerving. And It was very bumpy. It was bumpy. It was supposed to be like in Egypt or wherever Indiana Jones goes. I don't know where Indiana Jones goes. He goes wherever. Yeah. But it's a great ride. Now, when we leave Star Tours, of course, the big thing was shopping. Of course, because the Disney ways to dump you out in the gift shop. I was able to get the Star Tours figure packs, but the one with Darth Vader and the special Stormtrooper repaints that you can only get in that pack was really hard to find. And we had to ask a clerk who had to scour the floor. They don't have any organization there, but I guess when people walk out of the Star Tours ride, more than a figure dressed up like the person who's checking your speed pass ticket, they want Darth Vader and Stormtrooper figures, and it was really hard to find. Larry got one, I got one, I was able to get one for Justin, and that was it for the floor. And then I scoured and scoured and found one more way in the back, and I'm like, well, this is hard to find, and I like these Stormtroopers, maybe I need two. But then they brought out cases and cases more because I'd alerted them that they were You have an so issue. Rare. So I was able to get both those sets, but because those are really action figure collecting, and I kind of wanted a souvenir type thing. I also got Yoda at Disney World finding out he's too short to ride a ride. I thought that was kind of a cute little tchotchke thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of kept my spending in check there. Marjorie had said I could spend all I wanted with witnesses. Yes, I walked out. We were walking with Larry. We walked out of the ride and I said, Arnie, you can buy whatever you want. And Larry said, I heard it. I heard that, Arnie. But really, I mean, there were the Hot Wheels there, but I had the ones I liked thanks to Rusty, who used to live in Orlando and would go to Disney regularly and pick me up some stuff. And I was disappointed that on Hot Wheels Star Wars cars, there's no car benight. Mm. How do you you miss that one? There were also a ton of t-shirts, but I kept things pretty much in check and got out of there spending... Not much. Not Not at all what I thought you were going to spend. And then, you know, I'm not really a Disney guy. I'm not big into Mickey. I hit every store I could looking for Vinylmations because those ones that Barrett sent were just so cool, but they were completely sold out. And if you ask the clerk about Star Wars Vinylmations, they looked at you like you just asked to go into Area 51. Like, we haven't seen those. No. So I don't know. Good luck finding those. Apparently they're gone as soon as they get there. I did buy a couple things. I'm not a big fan of, like, the mashups, but I am a big fan of Carbonite. So I got a Donald Duck and Carbonite figure and a Donald Duck and Carbonite little, like, case. I guess I could keep breath mints in it. It's kind of cool. I did resist even thinking about the big fig Doc and Carbonite because it's a couple of hundred dollars, but I picked up a couple of things. And then we got an R2-D2 Stein that was available at one of the merchants out there, but really not a ton of stuff. I admired your restraint. Well, really, I mean, there's things like the R2-D2, I think, fan that screams R2's little whale and has little, like, Christmas lights and spins at you, which is a generic Disney item because I saw him for Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. I think I saw him for Michael Jackson after Captain EO. It's like I would have bought that one. Why didn't we get that one? I would have bought the Michael Jackson fan that went, woo! Shaman, shaman. <laughs> so... 
I didn't buy any of that stuff because it's like, again, as I'm packing up and I get the, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to display this thing? It's a fight of, it's only $8 versus, and then what do I do with it? So I tried to get stuff again that I could display or wear or add to my figure collection. But I did want to say for parents out there, there's something very cool. Remember they came out with the lightsaber packs where you could pick your own lens color and everything? Well, it looks like they've really mass produced those as at Disney, there's a build a lightsaber table and you go and you pick your hilt and then you pick your color and you pick your blade. And I think that's a lot of fun for kids where they can build a custom lightsaber and walk out of there with one that's about as unique as the Star Tours ride itself, where every combination can be just a little bit different up to a certain mathematical number. I think that would be a blast. And if I didn't want to have to carry it throughout the whole damn park, I would have built one, but you know. And the prices weren't bad. I mean, we're at Disney World, so less than $25 for a lightsaber of Hasbro quality. Not, of course, uh, Hasbro FX, now that they've bought the FX sabers, but a Hasbro role-play kids lightsaber quality. I think that's a pretty good deal, and I think that that's a lot of fun. The only thing they could have done better is made you go into the Ilum Caves to pick your crystal color. (laughs) That'd be a whole other ride. But I'm glad I didn't spend my money at Disney, because my first week back home was a very expensive week that we're going to get into. But to start us off, here's Justin with this week's store report. Hey everybody, Justin here with a look at what's going on in stores and online, around the galaxy and around the corner. Well, we are all back from Comic-Con, and before I can even fully process all the great new stuff coming our way in the near future, stores have started to pull out all the stops and put lots of new toys on the shelves and old ones in the clearance aisle. Normally, I like to break down what's going on with Vintage and Clone Wars figures separately, but this week, let's talk about stores specifically and what you and hope to find. If you haven't been to Target in a while, and who can blame you, it's time to add them back to your rounds and maybe even make them a priority. With lots of stuff going on in clearance and a major reset featuring a Star Wars end cap, you're sure to find something to bring home. The clearance aisles have been overflowing with deals including $3.74 Clone Wars 2 packs, Mighty Beans Millennium Falcons for six and a quarter, Boba Fett helmets for as low as $8, and if you're lucky enough to find the deluxe figures still hanging around, they're going as low as $4.24. And thanks to a tip from yakface.com, some people have been finding the new Class 1 vehicles that are taking the place of the Deluxe line on clearance as they hit the shelves. Now, I was able to grab four of the new ones for a low amount of $4.24 each. It seems like there's a mix-up with the DCPI numbers, and I'm sure it's going to be rectified soon, so hurry out and check the prices at the scanners. The action figure aisle is once again getting a makeover, and Star Wars is prominently featured on the big end cap with all kinds of new stuff from the Class 1 vehicles we just talked about, Clone Wars, Vintage, and Saga Legends figures, new mini Transformers, Ultimate FX lightsabers. Now, these are the lower-priced, more kid-friendly FX sabers, but they still look pretty cool. Grievous and a new clone mask, the RC Turbo Tank, the new Vintage 3-packs. And the Blu-ray commemorative four-packs, along with the newly trimmed down to three-figure battle packs, one of which features an Obi-Wan that looks like he fell asleep in the fake tanning spray booth. Seriously, if you see this, take a look. I've seen quite a few of them, and they all look strangely orange. Too orange. 
And the big old Republic attack shuttle is landing on shelves as well. And it's decently priced at $79.99. Now, even if you don't plan on picking this up, do yourself a favor and check out the package. It has a flip-up front, and it shows you the attack base mode in all of its playset glory. <sighs> That's right. There's still more Star Wars stuff going on at Target. I know. It's a contentious subject now that the Galactic Heroes are no more and they have been replaced by the Jedi Force line, but they are worth looking at in person, especially the Landspeeder. It's pretty darn cool looking. I kind of dig it. It's the old school vintage style colors, and I like it a lot. So if you see it, take a look, see what you think yourself. Now the figures themselves kind of hit and miss. The Vader and Stormtrooper look pretty cool. The 3PO and R2 are pretty decent. The farm boy Luke, uh, I don't know. There's something just a little bit wrong about him. Now I don't expect too many people to pick up on this line with the same love and devotion as its predecessor, but there's some okay stuff going on here, so take a look and find out what you think. And if you still need your fix of cuteness, be sure to check out the Funko Pop Vinyl bobbleheads hanging next to the action figures. There's a selection of favorite characters including Vader, a Stormy, Han, and more. But Chewie is by far the cutest in this line, followed closely by the Yoda. Okay, that's it for Target. Moving over to Toys R Us, where they're getting their latest exclusives in, and this time with half-decent price tags. The new Stealth Operations Clone Trooper is a surprising $7.99, and the exclusive deluxe sets with the Geonosin and a speeder bike, and the re-release of the hard-to-find Rebel Transport speeder are a decent $17.99. That's not too bad for those packs. I've also seen the Y-Wing in the vintage packaging at a few Toys R Us stores for 40 bucks. And while it looks cool, and it's really all about the packaging on this one, I know it's a repaint and all that, blah, 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 what they're selling here is the packaging, let's be honest. I think they missed an opportunity here to do like what they did with the AT-AT, because what they have on the new Y-Wing vintage packaging is a photo on the front, and you flip it around, same photo on the back. They should have done what they did with the AT-AT and the old school Star Wars line where they had the photo on the front and then the line drawing on the back. But still a cool looking box, and I'm sure... It'll probably be on my shelf one day soon. With all this going on in stores, it's strange that Walmart seems to be stuck in a time warp. It's been very slow on the pegs except for the occasional case of older figures. I did come across Wave 3 at one location, and I picked up the Gamerian Guard. It's almost a knee-jerk reaction, because he seemed out of place sitting there with the other Phase 2 and Dengars that were keeping him company. I don't know what it's like where you live, but around here, it's still hot and humid. So much so that I almost don't want to leave the comfort of my air-conditioned man cave. If you were looking to avoid the heat too, then you should head over to Brian's Toys where they have all of the upcoming newest waves of both Vintage and Clone Wars figures ready for pre-order, including Wave 9 featuring Walrus Man himself, Ponda Baba. They also have the Gentle Giant Jumbo Vintage Vinyl Cape Jawa and the Macquarie Snowtrooper Bust, both in stock and ready to ship. Or if you're looking for some cool art, Brian's Toys has Christian Wagoner's awesome C-3PO and R2 prints in a variety of different formats. You can get them on paper, on canvas, or large canvas. And I really dig this guy's artwork. He's the guy who always does the extreme close-ups of a character and then some cool reflection in the shiny parts. Like on, on the Stormtrooper, you can see something shiny in his head. And Vader, you can see Obi-Wan standing in, in the distance in his eyes. So if you haven't seen Christian's work before, check it out. It's really cool. So whether you're looking for the latest new Star Wars goodness or trying to fill in holes in your collection from over the years, 
Brian's Toys always has a large selection of vintage and modern Star Wars toys and collectibles. Right now, in-stock orders of $75 or more can get $15 off with the coupon code 15SUMMER. That's 1-5-S-U-M-M-E-R. Check out Brian'sToys.com for full details. And as always, don't forget when checking out, mention that you heard about Brian's Toys from Star Wars Action News. Since most companies spent the last month or so getting ready for Comic-Con, it's really no surprise that online news is a bit slow this week. So I'm going to take this opportunity to give you a quick review of the new Toys R Us Entertainment Earth shared exclusive Republic Commando set that I picked up at the con. Now, first of all, these were available for a short period of time online and sold out pretty quickly on Toys R Us's site. They also went pretty fast at San Diego, too. But there have been reports that this pack has been found at Toys R Us in California, along with the new Force Unleashed pack, so don't go overpaying on eBay just yet. Now, having said that, if you have the original set, you know all the commandos were based on the no-knee, no-ankle Scorch sculpt and came with some Geonosins. Well, gone are all but one Geonosin, and in the place of his missing brethren, we are treated to a super-articulated Deltas. We get Sev, Scorch, Boss, and Fixer, all of which can now enjoy extended ranges of movement with their new ankle and knee joints, along with updated paint applications. What makes these guys unique to any other Commando release is that they also have ball-jointed articulation in their shoulders, an improvement that not even the more articulated Evolution Sculpt didn't have. So, they are better articulated. What about the paint? Well, generally speaking, much improved. The colors seem more accurate and realistic, and the details seem sharper. Gone are the splotchy dirt marks from the old set, replaced with a more subtle and subdued, less uniform-looking application and in a lighter color. Fixer has the most noticeable paint upgrade, with two new greens that contrast each other nicely, and the least noticeable is Boss, with the exception of the dirt on his lower legs and some slight details, looks nearly identical to his predecessor. Scorch and Sev both benefit from updated colors with a richer look and feel. There's not a whole lot to say about the accessories as their guns are the same sculpt as before, now with a silver wash. Same goes for their backpacks, each having slight paint differences, if any. However, Scorch is missing his detonation pack from his thigh and doesn't even have a peg hole to use the old one. I suppose it's an easy enough fix if one wanted to either drill a hole or cut the peg off and glue it on, but then you're messing with your brand new figure, so it seems like kind of an oversight that they didn't put that on there. Did I mention it also comes with the Geonosin? Well, it also comes with the Geonosin. All in all, it's a great set for us clone heads and Republic Commando freaks, but the more casual clone collector could probably skip this set. These are great updates for a fan favorite squad, and Hasbro being Hasbro left the door open just a bit for future improvements. After all, this set will look silly when in five years we can get new ones with super articulated wrists and removable helmets. Well, I've been in your ears for long enough, so I'll give you back to Arnie and Marjorie. But before I do, don't forget to check out Marvelicious Toys, where we go over all the Marvel clearance items at Target, along with all the news from Comic-Con. So until next time, keep on collecting, and I'll see you in the toy aisles. Now back to Arnie and Marjorie.
Thank you, Justin. Now, to kind of respond to a few of the things Justin said, Marjorie, you, when I was interviewing Tim Zahn, went to the Entertainment Earth booth to get me that Republic Commando set and had no problem, right? Took like 10 minutes. And that was just because some star, and I have no idea who it was, just somebody nameless went up and they let them cut in line. That happens at Comic-Con. It does. That's okay. I understand. If I had that kind of power, I would totally use it every (laughs) once in a while. Let's, yeah, who wouldn't? And sometimes it's not even stars. Sometimes it's like the figure sculptors and yeah. things. I actually had that happen at the Hasbro booth. I was trying to get some photos for the website and some people were there really monopolizing the area. It turned out they were the people who like designed the toys and I guess they don't actually work at Hasbro necessarily and they were just seeing figures for the first time that they had designed. So that happens. But it was $10 more at the con than it was at ToysRUs.com. It sold out in a blink at ToysRUs.com. But I'm wondering if that $10 was sales tax, because that happened with the Hasbro stuff, where, like, the Death Star set was 130 online, 140 at the con, but that was California sales tax figured in at the 140 You know, with the exception of the Hasbro line, I, it was okay paying the extra $10. I had it. It was easy. Yeah. It actually took me a lot less than I thought. And I, I had counted up being in that line while you did the Timothy Zahn interview. And actually, I think I was in and out within five minutes. And I had to meander around and look at the Christian scientists who were selling comic books for a <laughs> while. And that was kind of interesting. I am curious if these will show up in stores. Like Justin said, there are a few sporadic reports. But those could be people who bought them at ToysRUs.com and returned them to stores, possibly. You never know. But what the press release said is available at San Diego Comic-Con and ToysRUs.com, not at Toys R Us. So I don't know. It's a question of whether or not you want to wait, I'd say wait on these. You may wait a short time and they may be at Toys R Us. You may wait a long time for people to forget this set came out and mm-hmm. the heat to kind of cool on it a little bit. But I also read the yakface.com report. We hit about six targets. We had down St. Louis and hit just a number of targets. And there are a lot of items on clearance. I was not able to find any of those mini rig packs, though. Every one that I found, I scanned and it scanned up at $17. So holding off on those. I also did pass on the Mighty Beans Falcon. It was a pretty close impulse buy for $6 and some change and being a Falcon, but it's Mighty Beans and I don't really like them. And I think because it's on clearance everywhere, it's... You'll be able to pick up for a dollar if you just wait it out. Quite possibly. And I was spending enough this week. And that's the same reason I also passed on the Republic Landing Shuttle. I saw that at a Target. And it's kind of like when they did the Turbo Tank. I passed on the Turbo Tank at first, too. First of all, at $80 non-exclusive, I see this thing coming down in price before Christmas. Maybe a sale at Target.com like we've had on the others. Maybe Amazon.com. Maybe just a store sale. But all these big vehicles, including the big AT-AT, have gone down really on clearance by the time Christmas comes around. And second, to be perfectly honest, I have no love for the Republic Landing Shuttle. I've seen it twice now. I saw it at Toy Fair. I saw it at Comic-Con. I think it's great for kids. I think it's a great play set for kids with all its sounds and its playability. But if you put a gun to my head. I couldn't tell you where this was in <laughs> a show or movie. I really couldn't. And for $80, I was spending enough this week. If I wasn't spending it this week, I might have bought it. But I found a lot of stuff at Target. And with as much as I had in my card, it was kind of easy to pass on an $80 vehicle that I think I'll find later. And the only other one I did that on is the clone turbo tank. The ATTE, I loved it enough to buy immediately. The ADAT, I loved enough to buy immediately. But the turbo tank and this, I think I'll wait and try to get it for... I'm going to set my price at 60 You think it'll go that low? 
I, that's only 25% off. True. I think it'll, the ad at went about yeah. half off. And the big things do tend to go on clearance. So I think you're safe. And it's not an iconic vehicle where you're going to have to rush out and get it. Even the BMF, we thought that would take off, but they those... were down to $9 after yeah. Christmas. We ended up not, not the BMF, the Millennium Falcon before that. Yeah. The BMF did go down to about 50 though. Exactly. So I think you're going to be okay playing the waiting game. I didn't see any of the Jedi Force line in stores. I've gotten some reports that they're also showing up at Kmart's, as are the B-Wings. I haven't had any luck with those. And Justin mentioned the Funko Pop vinyls at Target. Our Target, the only Pop vinyls I saw were DC ones. They had Green Lantern. They had Batman, Joker. But we hit Borders, because, you know, Borders is sadly going out of business, and I am sad that it leaves one less bookstore chain around, because we used to hit Borders a lot in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. But they had Pop vinyls at Borders, and everything in Borders is currently 20 to 40% off. It's really not worth it except for like a few select things. Just check prices before you go crazy over 20 to 40% off. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, most books are 20% off at Barnes & Noble or Amazon. So if they've marked all their books up to retail and then take 20% off that, it's not a savings. But the pop vinyls were 20% off, taking them down to $8 a piece, which is a great price for the pop vinyls. So we got the two they had, which were Vader and Han. They also had that little Yoda wisdom thing I reviewed a few episodes back that we picked up on an impulse at Borders maybe six months ago. It was down to about $13. What I will say this is a good time to do is really keep an eye on your Borders for the Star Wars trade paperbacks, graphic novel compilations, and so on, because usually you're paying pretty close to retail on those at bookstores and at Amazon, and right now you can really stock up on some comics for about 20% off, and keep an eye on the store, because it will continue to go cheaper and cheaper. So with all those things that I'm saying I didn't buy this week, what did I buy? Well, I went into Target and they had the commemorative Blu-ray movie sets. And I'm thinking these are coming one per case and you're getting all six per case because they had one of each exactly on the shelf. And so I scooped up the whole set. And if you haven't seen these, these are packs that have four figures in them, as well as a mini poster from the movie on which it's based. And when you put them all together, it creates a little bit of a Star Wars mural if you put them on a bookshelf or you can open them up. And the first set, Phantom Menace, has Obi-Wan, Darth Maul, a battle droid, and I'm pretty sure Noah with a green lightsaber. Oh, I see what you're saying. Actually, it looks like he could be in, like, Slayer or Pantera. That is the worst paint job on Qui-Gon I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's not so good. The Darth Maul's kind of funky, too. It's like he's got a really elongated face. The battle droid's pretty good. I think he looks pretty good, although I think his neck might be a little long. And uh, there's a little bit of a bad paint job on Obi-Wan, because his eyes are rolled back in his head. Well, they often have the pupils at the top of the head. It's the hair color and the fact that, all right, if you have a pet, be it a cat or a dog, and you give it a bath, especially if it's a long-eared dog like a Cocker Spaniel, that's how Qui-Gon's hair looks <laughs> on here. I never liked his hair in the movie anyway. It was a terrible, terrible wig. It was just too thin and frizzy. The episode two set, though, far better. Count Dooku, Hayden Christensen, Anakin, a very, very purple Jango Fett, and a bleeding clone? Or He looks like he's got dried blood on him. I'm sure it's supposed to be dirt, but it really looks like the clone next to him explodes and there's some giblets on him. Hmm. 
<laughs> the Django is very purple. They made the Anakin look like the mom from Better Off Dead. Again? Yes. That happens regularly. I think it's the perm. Who was the little girl from True Grit? The yeah. original, yeah. And then she was on some other movies too, but I don't remember what. She's a very unique voice. But I do like the figures. Oh, the purple is a little purple, but it's okay. I like it with the silver. It's pretty. And I don't know what is all over that clone. I guess he is battle damaged or something. Episode 3 set. Possibly my favorite. You get a Mace Windu who kind of has the weak face sculpt of it. Commander Bly, Yoda, and Grievous with a wonderful shimmering gray and red cape. I just love the cape fabric used on Grievous there. That is, I think, one of the best Grievouses. That cape is phenomenal. First of all, it's quilted, which is going to give it a really great look. And, oh, wait, it's not the same one that's on the back picture. It is a different cape. It often is the prototype photo versus the It appears to be wired. It could be. Hmm. We'll have to open it and see one these days. Yeah, at the moment, I'm not opening anything because everything I'm buying is going into a moving box. But if you've bought this set and opened it, let us know if there is an underwire garment on Grievous. An underwire garment. He doesn't need support garments. I also really love the paint color on Bly on this. The yellow, it's a very rich yellow. Not entirely sure it's movie accurate as the Kotobukiya is a little bit more of a mustardy yellow, a bit more of a Dijon mustard versus this is more <laughs> of a French's mustard. Let me see. You're right. It is standard yellow mustard color. But it's a good set all around. Getting into A New Hope, Luke, R2, a Sand Trooper, and Obi-Wan, a great R2. He's a little bit too pristine. He looks a little bit episode 1-y R2. There's no dirt on him, but I love the vac metalized dome. It's really a great looking R2. The humans are a little weak here, but it's a good set for a starter for people who like the original trilogy, like A New Hope. Yeah, the R2 is very clean and pristine. R2 should be sand dirty. I do like that sand trooper, though. They actually got the sand really good on him. I think they made the Luke a little short. Well, he's not that tall. No, he looks tiny. And good soft goods on the Obi-Wan. Although I think some of this packaging, because the way they have it down in the formed plastic, you're going to have to kind of work with the soft goods to make them come out and fully look good. Empire Strikes Back, you get a snow trooper, my favorite trooper type, with a soft goods skirt. You get a Hoth Leia with a really good face, even though she looks a bit like a geisha with the red lips and the face is all white. Well, there was a Sephora on Hoth, so she was able to get her Urban Decay lipstick. A Luke that I can't recall getting before, where he has his little hoodie up before with the removable X-Wing helmet, and then a Boba Fett with the most pronounced Wookiee braids I've ever seen on him, but it's kind of cool, and he is a removable helmet, I see, by looking up his neck. Yeah, the Wookiee braids are a different color than they usually are. They're usually a brown, and here's a black and a blonde one. He's killing brunette Wookiees at this time. He is. Leia does have a lot of makeup on. Absolutely right. But it's a good outfit, though. It's got the white, but kind of dirty white, but not off-white kind of look. And the Snowtrooper's good. I really like his soft goods skirt. It's really, really good. And they got his boots dirty, which is fantastic, because they always had the dirty boots. Sorry, they're my favorite trooper, too. And then the final set, Return of the Jedi. Scout Trooper. Pretty standard Scout Trooper, but a design I've always liked with his little stub blaster. Another Luke. And this one being Jedi Luke with some jowls on him. And Endor Han with soft goods clothes including very poorly stitched pockets. And finally, Darth Vader. They held off till Return of the Jedi to give us Darth Vader. Yeah, those are really... The whole thing on Han is poorly stitched, to be honest. It's done with a top stitch, and it's not very good. Now, the one thing that's missing, one, we didn't get a regular Stormtrooper, just a Sandtrooper. Yep. No 3PO. No Emperor. Yeah. But yet we get three Lukes. Yes. I think, you know, maybe they should have just stuck with Farm Boy Luke. I think that in Return of the Jedi, we really...
really could have used an emperor. But what about 3PO? What's R2-D2 going to do? I mean, you've only got so many characters that are in all the movies, and... Those two are in all six! Mm-hmm. The Luke even includes the binders for him. But I think of all the iconic things of the original trilogy, Stormtroopers, Darth Vader, and the droids. Yeah, I can see where this would be kind of a challenge as to how to do it, because each of these sets has a troop build. you got your battle droids or your troopers and whatnot. But I would think a Stormtrooper over a Sand Trooper. But a yeah. Sand Trooper kind of is a Stormtrooper. The reason, and both have been released recently on the vintage yes. line, so, and are readily available at my stores. These are some of the ones clogging the pegs and not selling are the Sand Troopers and, so, to a lesser degree, the Stormtrooper. So, I think there are a few characters here that are missing, but still good sets. I have one beef with this Vader. He's got a shiny silver rope holding his cape on. They usually do that. It's supposed to be a chain. It's more sparkly than usual. Now, these packs come with, each one has a little mini movie poster in it that I guess if you open them, you could take out and frame. They're very tiny. It's like maybe eight and a half by 11, maybe a little bigger. And I think it's very funny. It says Blu-ray not included on the front of the package. Well, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be for $24.99 each. You're getting four figures and a poster for $25. It's no bargain. It's about the price of four vintage figures. Yeah. But you get a little poster with it. You get it. a little poster, but you also get a few less accessories than you might get. Like the Django Fett that came out of the vintage collection, far superior than the Django Fett we're getting here. You get mm-hmm. the poncho and everything here. You pretty much get what you get. I'm not opening these. I mean, these are mostly repacks, repaints. There's no new sculpts in here. There's some nice figures, though. I really do like that R2. I kind of like the differentiation of the Boba Fett with the brain and things, so I think I'm going to be torn. I don't usually collect boxed items, mint in box, but these, they sit so nicely together when you put them next to each other. I would leave these as they are. You don't need the mini posters. I mean, Arnie doesn't. I don't know about you personally, Bob, Jerry. Yeah, I, I want the big ones, you know, for yes. the theater room. I don't want the little mini poster reproductions. But since these look neat on a bookshelf, I'm kind of inclined to tell you just to leave them as is. Of course, if you put them on a bookshelf horizontally like like that with the spine out, you'll not see the figures unless you actually pull them off the shelf. And then exactly. how often are you going to do that? I think there would be a way since, I mean, these look good when on the shelf spine out to just open them carefully, take out the figures, then put them spine out on a bookshelf. And who's going to know there's no figures in there? The person who goes over and grabs them. What's this, a book? That said, again, I wonder if these might hit clearance. They're specifically for the Blu-ray. If they do hit clearance, I could buy some openers of some specific sets because there's some good paint washes on here, some good paint jobs in here, a couple bad figures. I mean, none of the humans strike me as good, Mm-mm. but all the rest and the majority are non-human figures are good, especially that Grievous. So Yeah, I like the Grievous. I'm curious about his cape. So if someone opens it, you have to write in because I really like the soft goods and you have such an opportunity to do something great, but the back picture doesn't look like what's in the box. And now I'm really curious. I also at Target found the new wave of the three packs. I'm still hoping that Hasbro doesn't decide to do 18 of these as the luster is really starting to wear off for me. But at this point, I picked them up. $20 a piece. The first set, you get an Imperial Commander, Dengar, and an Adat Driver. And they're going with the vintage names there. But I'm pretty sure that that's Captain Piet as the Imperial Commander. Poor Dengar with his head wound. I feel bad for him. He went back to work too early from his FMLA. The next set I found was C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca. The C-3PO, I never really cared for it when they give
give him too silver a leg. It's almost like they took TC-14's leg and put it on there. I always thought his leg was off color, but I never thought it was bright silver. I just thought it was burnished. Yeah, I like this R2 better. This is what should have been in the movie pack. Well, a lot of people are complaining about that R2 because if you're trying to recreate the vintage, all the vintage R2s had the vac-metalized dome like the movie pack has. This R2 does not have a vac-metalized dome. So in your estimation, they should have flipped that and put the vac-metalized one in the exclusive? Yes, that is what I'm saying. It would fit because the vintage R2, because it just had that sticker, was a very clean R2. I could see that. I would see that as a great opportunity there to switch them. Plus, I think vac-metalizing costs a little more, so it gives you a little something extra when you buy the Target exclusive versus the six movies that are going to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. Then the third one, a snowtrooper that does not have as good a paint job as the one in the movie packs. An IG-88 who is just loaded up with a utility belt and Bosk who's smiling at me. He is smiling. He's happy. Oh, that is not a good snowtrooper. I mean, compared to the fact that I bought these exact same figures the exact same day in other multi-packs, I have a one-to-one comparison. And if you're just looking for the best snowtrooper, I think the four-pack has it over the three-pack. Yeah. Now, of course, I hadn't found anything in Target for a long time. And so I didn't take a cart and the baskets were all gone. So I'm carrying all this anyway. But wait, there was one more item for me to carry out. And that is the Remote Control Republic Fighter Tank. Now, this is a much shorter vehicle than the Hailfire Droid. Therefore, the package is much less impressive than the Hailfire Droid. Mm Mm-hmm. But it has projectiles, I see. But unlike the Hailfire Droid, which has what? 18? This can only fire six. Huh. Because, I mean, it's more accurate to the design. The Hailfire Droid had a lot of freaking missiles on it. Yeah, but the only complaint I have about the RC one is it takes forever for them to fire. Yeah, you can't just rapid fire. It's three, wait for it to cycle. Three, wait for it to cycle. But then your enemy's going to run away. Or your dog's going to eat them all. What I do like about this is the remote control is a Republic Blaster pistol. That is very cool. And you get figure with it. It's really nice. The one question I have, and again, if somebody's buying this and opening it, maybe you can call in and let us know. It's heavy. I want to know if it's as fast as the Hellfire Droid, because that thing can book. It can chase my dogs really fast. I don't think that's the point. And it's also fun, because now that we're packing up down here, we have this huge floor space available on the Sasonian, and it's like, at the end of every packing session, I reward myself by driving the Hellfire Droid around. So it's a lot of fun. I'm curious if this can keep up. It looks more lumbering. It Just because it's squat and wide and it doesn't have the giant wheels, it looks like it would move quite a bit slower because you'd have to have a much faster motor because the wheels are smaller in there. And so if the wheels move at the same speed because they're smaller, it's going to cover less ground. Sorry to get all geometry on you there, but it's, you know, similar to how the outside of a record, if you know what a record is, spins faster than the inside of a record. It covers more distance in the same time. And so I'm curious if this can keep up, if it's as fun because the hailfire droid is a hail of a lot of fun ah thanks for the corny joke so i finally carried all that to check out where that clerk was there who we've talked about on the show before who sings the oh. imperial march and it's yeah. funny because there was a four person wait at five other aisles so there were 20 people check out and his was empty mm-hmm. so other people know to avoid him but i was in a hurry i was at lunch so i went to him and he has forgotten me i guess because i haven't checked out with him for a long time intentionally but i was in a hurry and he looked at me he goes 
I have Star Wars news. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. George Lucas is coming out with all six movies in 3D. Like, yep, first one's out in January. Okay. He went on to yell at me. You can listen to Marvelicious Toys to find out why he yelled at me. I'll go into that on the next Marvelicious Toys. But it had nothing to do with Star Wars. So then I go over to Toys R Us, and I'd heard Toys R Us's were restocking. Mine had the same old stuff all over the place. No new figures of any sort, except for the Toys R Us exclusive Clone Commander Blackout. And, you know, I'm always a little bit cooler on the Clone Wars figure design than I am the vintage figure design. I'm not so much a fan of the stylized. But I love this clone. I love the yellow on his helmet. I love the red headphones he's got going on. Yeah, but with the red headphones and his visor, he kind of looks like a hound dog. (laughs) Do you see it? Looks like he's got big floppy ears because of those headphones. I see it, but I think he looks really cool. I liked him so much. I normally don't open my Clone Wars figures, but with him, I'm like... I want an opener of him. $12.99 was my price point because, you know, those exclusives at Toys R Us can really get up there. I rang them up $7.99, so I got the last two they had. I was happy to get them. And you can pre-order them online at ToysRUs.com. It's $7.99 and free shipping. And if I hadn't bought enough this week, if you're starting to understand why I passed on some of the things I passed on, when we were hitting all those various targets looking for the discounts, I also found the new battle packs. Now, we talked online here trying to discuss how much will the new battle packs cost now that they're down to three figures? Is it, you know, the grocery store shrinkware is what the consumerist calls it, where you're paying the same for a box of cereal, but they've removed two ounces from the box of cereal, and so, and they've left the box size the same. And so you think you're just paying the same for the same, but you're actually getting less in it. Were we still going to be paying 25 to $30 for these three packs of figures? Entertainment Earth's prices were indicating that we would be paying the same and getting less figures. I'm happy to report these rang up at $19.99, and so these are back down. You lose a quarter of your figures. You also lose about a quarter of the price. You're not saving anything. These aren't a better value, but I think what Hasbro's looking at, because Daryl and I have talked about this, if you've listened to some of the interviews we've had with Daryl on the show, about keeping it at the impulse buy prices or keeping it at the gift for a kid's friend's prices, I think $20 is a psychological barrier. They need to keep the battle packs under it. If it meant removing a figure, it meant removing a figure. Those are tiny. Well, there's only three figures. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a shock to see because I just packed up some recently and they're tiny. Now, the first one I actually really like, it's Cad Bane's Escape. You get Ahsoka, who looks really mean and her head looks too big for her body. That's called a lollipop. You get an Anakin who looks like he's gnashing his teeth for the public. Yeah. But the whole reason to buy this is Cad Bane in clone disguise. That is pretty cool. That is a great figure that I'm so glad they made. It's so much better than just repacking the same Cad Bane in his B. Arthur hat again. And at first, I couldn't make it out. It just looked like a general Duros. And I've never really been the one to say Cad Bane looked good enough as a Duros, but you see him in this outfit, and it's quite clearly a Duros in a clone outfit. I'm like, well, they never cloned a Duros, and it took me a second to remember that is how he escaped. The second set, another cool set, Assault on Geonosis, you get the Arf Trooper, which is a great paint design. I've always liked that paint design on the Clone Wars figures. You get a Geonosian. This is why I don't buy three of the carded figures anymore, because I knew they were going to pack this Geonosian up, and he looks great. And then you get Obi-Wan, and Justin is completely right. He fell asleep in the self-tanner booth. (laughs) 
Oh boy, said George Hamilton as Obi Wan. <laughs> I do like the Geonosian warriors. They're always cool because they're buggy. Look like mosquitoes. Yeah, Obi Wan. Maybe he didn't bring his sunblock with him when he went to Geonosis because it kind of looks like a hot planet and lots of sun. He also looks blotchy though, so it definitely looks like spray tanner versus real tan. Maybe. Anakin played a joke on him and spread sunblock in weird patterns on his face when he was laying out in the sun at the pool at Geonosis Hilton. Then the third set, Hunt for Grievous, you get Grievous with Clone Trooper Kicks and Captain Rex. It's clones. It's Grievous. What How can you go you wrong? No, it's a different cape. Well, yes, this is Clone Wars Grievous. Yes, but this cape is better. I don't know. I like the shiny red. I like the red. However, this one is like a deep wine, but it looks like a full cloak. Yeah, it's nice. I'm glad to see the soft goods on a Clone Wars figure. They don't normally go soft goods on Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. And with Grievous's cape, as long as they either don't make it look like he loves the nightlife and wants to boogie on the disco round, and they don't make it too tiny. I like both of these Grievous capes are big, flowing capes. I think it looks really good. So at nineteen ninety nine for three figures, it's okay. <laughs> I I would love there to once again be a bargain when you buy these packs because you're getting repaints, repacks, maybe a minor retool. I'd like to see it be a little cheaper than if you were buying each of these figures individually on card. And I guess it is a little cheaper. These would be twenty four for three versus twenty, given that they're Clone Wars figures. So a slight savings, great gift price. I think that at these prices they're going to move pretty well. Now we're going to go on to our online news. Now, at San Diego Comic-Con, there was a booth in the Lucasfilm Pavilion called Rock Rebel. Now, if you Google it, you have to go to Rock Rebel Shop, not rock-rebel.com, because that's a different website. And Rock Rebel Shop is kind of horror and schlocky, and perhaps Rock wasn't the best name for their website. I'm not sure that Rock Rebel is good for the Star Wars stuff either, because honestly, if you can buy Star Wars pancake molds at Williams-Sonoma, there's nothing rebellious about liking Star Wars. Hey, you can buy stuff at Pottery Barn, man. They're rough at Pottery Barn. Well, they Those are. dudes are tough. I, I don't want to get involved with the soccer moms who have their eye on those Pottery Barn items. Yes. The, they'll take me out. But Rock Rebel, I mean, maybe Rebel Alliance, but Rock Rebel to get a Star Wars belt. It, it, okay, I'll go with that. I love Star Wars. It's just, I would think Rock Rebel would be more the Rob Zombie crowd than the George Lucas crowd. Well, they had a selection of Star Wars things as well as some monster things, which kind of like old school monsters, like universal monsters yeah. type stuff. But they had Star Wars belts, which they showed last year, and this year they had the addition of some Star Wars purses, which you can get on their website at rockrebelshop.com. But you can also get them at superherostuff.com, who it's kind of like allposters.com. They have a sale every time I sneeze, which is pretty frequently these days with the summer. And right now they're having a sale for 12% off, so they're $50 less 12%. But if you sign up for superhero stuff's mailing list you're gonna get like a sale a week and if you hang on it'll be a good sale never buy a superhero stuff for less than 10 percent off yes 10 percent is their standard price sale you just need to facebook them or sign up for their newsletter to get 10 percent off everything mm-hmm. and sometimes you can get 20 or 30 percent off yeah but i think it's kind of cool to see in a new hope purse it looks just like the tin tote that they can't call a lunchbox anymore yeah but it's a purse and you don't often see ladies handbags 
in Star Wars stuff. No, it's a vinyl purse, and it had on the top red glitter, which I was like, okay with it, but here's what happens when I see stuff like this. I'm like, oh my god, it's a Star Wars purse! Oh, wait, you know what? I really don't like it. I'm not going to buy it. So that's what happened with these. I really didn't care for them. They had different kinds of glitter. I don't know if on the superhero stuff you're just getting whatever they pull out, but I did see red and blue glitter at the convention. They also have a checker one with different designs, just black and white. looks like little cartoon panels. You can also get same thing. looks like it has turquoise glitter in the picture. Just like a little bowler bag. It's kind of cute, but I just I didn't care for it. It wasn't unique enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I completely understand. And I think that overusing this art from A New Hope, while it is A New Hope and I love it, that is a little bit overused. I almost think they might have gone better if they'd gone perhaps the Empire Strikes Back teaser poster of the Vader on the Starfields, where he's kind of fading out, or the Return of the Jedi, the single lightsaber coming up, or a montage of movie posters that kind of went. It's when we see the same art over and over and over again, the same assets, as they're called in the advertising industry, it loses its uniqueness. And now you're just seeing the same thing on a purse and the same thing on a lunchbox. Now, how many times with the episode three generic assets, the Vader with the flames, and then that Yoda, have you the just- clone. Yeah, have you just passed on stuff? Cause you're like, eh, no, really, if it was different art, totally buy it. How but- many things do I have with that art on it already? And do I need to spend the money to have that art now printed on vinyl? And that's kind of how I feel. I, I was like, great idea. I just not gonna buy it. I didn't care for it. Now, if you do go to Rock Rebel Shop, there are some other Star Wars things that are kind of cool. They have some Star Wars necklaces with just charms. They had some belt buckles, just some neat things like that, and keychains you might just want to take a look at and see. The belts, I don't know if I'm in love with the belts because they're like white with black printing. Just didn't care for them. I just thought they looked like little kids' belts. They go well with white jeans. And no one should wear white jeans. Let's just face that. I mean, if you're wearing white jeans, you just need to stop. Stop on your iPod or your computer, whatever you're listening us onto. You need to go take those off, put on a pair of regular color jeans, as my father calls them, blue blue jeans, and burn those white ones. You're not a fan of black jeans either, though. I hate black jeans now. Yeah, I can't stand them. Now, continuing online news, despite only being limited to 500 pieces, AFX did not sell out of the Kotobukiya Artifacts Plus Stormtrooper Commander Pack at the con. They were available online. I was planning on getting these at the con, but normally the Artifacts 2 packs are around the $80 region. These are 95 and that $15, well, a small percentage was enough to make me think, I'm wondering if these will go cheaper on the secondary market. Kotobukiya, despite the fact that I love their stuff, love, love, love their stuff, when it comes to their Star Wars stuff, very rarely does it sell out and go up in value. Now, a lot of it isn't limited edition stuff, but even the stuff that is limited edition, if you heard our interview with Dan Luan last week, he talked about how there was the 2009, I believe, maybe 2010 exclusive of the Utapau clone at the San Diego Comic-Con booth, and he added at the end, and we still have some available at this booth. So it's like, I'm wondering if these will go down. AFX is not shy about marking down the exclusives. They get, they had the Pepto-Bismol Vader helmet real cheap. So I think I'm going to watch this and see if they go down. They did also have the exclusive Luke with Dianoga maquette from Gentle Giant and eventually started offering some good deals on that one. So, something to watch, but if you did need these and you don't want to risk possibly paying more aftermarket later, you can order them right now for $94.99 plus shipping. And speaking of Gentle Giant, Star Wars The Old Republic, available for pre-order, and the editions, I had heard that the collector's edition was all sold out, but I'm finding it all over the place, including Amazon.com, where you can get free Prime shipping, 
and pay no sales tax. The collector's edition comes with that exclusive Gentle Giant Darth Malgus statue. Now, the exclusive edition is $150, but I'm actually going to go on record and say this is a bargain at $150, because the Gentle Giant maquettes usually cost $80 to $90, and collector's edition games usually cost $80 to $90. And then you also have shipping. So if you go to Amazon and get this for $150, you're really getting about a $200 bargain here for $150. I'm sorry. Malgus sounds like a fungus. It kind of does, but he's a kick-butt character with a great design. It's very Darth Vader-inspired, and if you've seen the Old Republic trailer Deceived, you know how Sithy he is. And if you've read the book Deceived, which I highly, highly recommend as you build up your anticipation for the Old Republic, I really think that it's a good deal. And by getting the collector's edition more than the statue, you get seven digital items that, if it's anything like Galaxies, won't actually help you all that much. A flare gun, a trading droid, a holo dancer, a holo cam, a staff, a mouse droid, and the collector edition store. Now, you can also just buy the deluxe edition online for download, but you do not get the mouse droid or the collector edition store. I'm going to try the Old Republic. I'm not a big fan of MMORPGs. I do think that in this day and age of gaming, it's a bit of a mistake to have it as PC only. It's not Mac. It's not console. But hey, World of Warcraft's making money hand over fist, so it could hit big, and they are definitely going for that World of Warcraft market. But I've pre-ordered this at Amazon because I want the maquette, and I'm going to buy the game anyway, and I suggest you do the same because... I got stuck on Marvel vs. Capcom 3 not being able to get that collector's edition because I didn't pre-order in time. I could see this happening with the Old Republic. However, do not buy this as someone for a Christmas gift. This is what I'm going to say. It says on Amazon that this is expected to ship December 31st this year. Ha! I know how games go. This is going to ship around tax time next year. (laughs) That is my prediction. I'm again going on record. Any game they want out for the holidays is out by tax season. There's just, they'll either ship it and everyone will complain and there's bugs and then we're going to have to spend gigabytes of bandwidth downloading the fixes or they'll release it right in April. One or the other. And speaking of Amazon video gaming, Marjorie asked me last week if I was getting that droid Xbox and I said no. no. I'm starting to reconsider that a little bit. How come? Well, it's cool looking and I kind of want a second Xbox. We have a game room now, but it's a little bit small for Kinect gaming and it would be nice to put a Kinect in another room. I really don't care. Just buy it. I'm thinking about it. I'm giving it some serious thought. The only problem is I would never, ever use the vac-metalized gold controller because that thing will scuff. That thing needs to be wrapped in tissue paper and then bubble wrap around that Mm -hmm. and then encased in plastic to be kept minty mint. Now, before we leave this week, I do want to talk on one collecting topic that I think is kind of not getting the information it should out there. If you Have you heard of Andrew Ainsworth? I haven't. He is the guy in the UK who is selling the Stormtrooper helmets and has been sued both in the UK and in the US by George Lucas. And he's claiming copyright infringement, Lucas is, and he won in the States, but he lost in the UK because in the UK, it is stated that prop 
props are not considered works of art that hold the same copyright, and after a certain number of years, props are not intellectual property anymore. More to the point, Andrew Ainsworth says that he was the original sculptor of the helmet, he has the original molds, he's selling these as based on the original molds and all of that, and when the news came out that the UK ruled in favor of Andrew Ainsworth, I heard some cheers for Andrew Ainsworth, like, yeah, David beat Goliath, and this is kind of how it's been portrayed in the media, is even the mighty, rich George Lucas couldn't stop this little guy in the UK from selling his helmets. I'll admit, I was kind of on board with that. I'm like, having done Star Wars Action News for six years, I know how Lucasfilm holds its license so tight, and they kind of let the 501st have free reign to go make their own armor and everything, but it's a little bit black market because you can buy the armor, but it's not licensed, and the 501st is very exacting. So to see this guy kind of getting sued for it, and being that he had the original molds and things, it seemed very good. But I was turned on to a Facebook page by Chris Trevis, the Star Wars artist we've had on the show, and you really, I encourage all of our listeners to go out and check out this Facebook page. And it's called The Dark Side of SDS, and SDS is Andrew Ainsworth's company. His store is SDSProps.com. And it really goes into a lot of detail about how this is a bad thing that Lucas lost this, and a bad thing for a number of people. First of all, it's bad for the consumer, because when you have companies like FX Collectibles, and we talked last week about how they're doing the Legend Stormtrooper helmet, which is as close to a hero prop as you can get, this guy is selling something he claims to be a hero prop. And a hero helmet is 500 British pounds, or about $821, so it's not hugely inexpensive. It's not any cheaper than FX has been. Maybe slightly cheaper than FX's Vader helmet, but we don't know what they're going to price the Stormtrooper helmet at. But if you go and watch some of the YouTube videos that they've posted with this guy and look at some of the detail, you are not getting something as quality as what you're going to get from FX collectibles. And apparently at one point on a YouTube video, he talks about using a cheese grater as a prop-making device. That's a little scary. Second, this guy claims to be the developer of the Stormtrooper helmet, that he created the Stormtrooper helmet. And one of the people on the page here is Lindsay Muir, who is, I believe, uh, either the, I, I think the wife of Brian Muir, who we talked about last week. He's signing the Darth Vader legend helmet. He created and sculpted these helmets. Because of all the publicity Andrew's getting, it's being put in the media that Andrew was the sole creator of the Stormtrooper helmet. And that's really hurting the reputations, the livelihood, and the feelings, and that's not for nothing, of the people who actually went into working this. Anyone who's ever done any creative endeavor knows it's a very collaborative environment. So for anyone to say they solely did it, and the person who's widely credited, and I've talked to Brian Ono about these helmets, Brian Muir is the guy when it comes to Star Wars helmets. And then keep reading. If you want good information about props, it's talks about how he has the original molds, but then if you start looking at the videos and the pictures, what he's making doesn't look right. It looks like the mold has been recreated or it's not as exact. And so this guy is doing quite a bit of false advertising is what this Facebook page says. And so while it's very easy to root for the quote unquote little guy, and this little guy is charging 2,500 US dollars for Stormtrooper armor, so he's not all that little as far as dollars go, check out 
out the Facebook page, read some of the posts there, check out the videos, and really be informed because I do think it's important for people like Brian Muir to get the credit that they deserve for the work that they've done. I love the Star Wars iconography, and so much of that can be traced back to Brian. And really, when you've got companies like FX out there making the stuff they make and going through so much trouble and so much exacting process to mold off one of the hero molds, and the documentation they provide online at fxcollectibles.com showing you every step so you know what you're getting. This guy seems a little bit more shady to Mm -hmm. me. And while the initial gut reaction may be, go little guy, reading about this, now I think the real little guy who gets screwed is anyone who buys something from this SDS props. So I'm linking to the Facebook page because I know people who listen to this show are hardcore collectors like we are, and you don't want to get bilked. And I usually try to buy licensed stuff. Every so often you find a cool bootleg item, but when you find a bootleg item that's claiming to be a hero prop and costing you anywhere between one and three thousand dollars i think you should just be informed what you're doing Mm -hmm. and who's to say the lawsuits are over but i want to touch on that before we went since we went a bit long this week because we're long-winded i guess after doing our short shows and abbreviated shows for comic-con we're going to do all our voicemails next week so make sure to call us and leave us a voicemail 415-508-JEDI and the weekend after that we're going to be at wizard world chicago we're going to be having our usual Star Wars action news dinner at our usual place, Cheeseburger in Paradise. I hate that song, but they have damn good burgers. They do have good burgers. So if you want to join us for dinner, let us know because we usually need to get tables in advance so we know how many people are coming. Drop us an email at least a couple days before the con. Show at SWActionNews.com and we'll be up there doing some more shopping and recording a show live at the con. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com, HansHideout.Blogspot.com, and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. 
The Star Wars Action News Team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrent. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2011, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated. Test mic one, test mic one. Test, test, test. Test, 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 test. Test, 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 test the mic, test the mic. Test, test the mic, test the microphone. The mic, test the microphone. The mic, test the mic, test the mic. Is it working? Thanks. Star Wars! Yeah! Arnie will be appearing with Steel Dragon Sunday night at 8 p.m. It's a limited time showing. Stand up and share! That was not digitally enhanced. <laughs> is all red. <laughs> I held that note. I, I could go back and see how long I held that note. <laughs> anyway. Hold, hold on. Hold on. <laughs>